Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Good morning. Uh, this is Adel Kozulski and sitting right next to me. Very shy today. Thank you. Mm, no, I'm enjoying, you know, I feel so cozy and, you know, it's great. Yes, it's a, it's a lovely day outside and we're back with another episode of the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. And as always, we're here to help you advocate for your health and do things the more natural way and, and know to ask the right questions. And today we are going to have a very important and a very interesting conversation um, around ADD, around ADHD and around autism. It seems to be that we are plagued in today's society and almost every single person around, you know, just labels themselves with ADD, ADHD. Our children, I think 80% of every, every, of every class. And the thing is, it's more and more common and so many people, you know, mothers and fathers are being pulled into offices, being yeah. told that your child needs to go on something just to be able to concentrate. So it's definitely an important topic. So whilst whilst there is a place for medication and we are going to discuss it over here, there is certainly a tremendous amount that we can look at um, in trying to help our, our our children and ourselves, even adults. Um, with this condition. So if you would like to join the conversation, we'd love to have one with you. It's 34519. That's the SMS line. 0618951019 is our telegram number. And our guest is a well-known guest. She comes on very, very often and we're very, very appreciative. And that is Mary Ann Shearer. She holds a doctorate in life sciences um, from the Life Sciences Institute in Texas. She's director of the Natural Health Academy founder and director of the Daniel Academy and is owner and director of Marianne's Emporium and Eatery in Cape Town and in Gordons Bay. And for many of us who know Marianne, we know that she herself was plagued with many years of ill health and she embarked on a personal quest for a common sense approach to health and well-being. And that's why we love having her on the show. She's also the founder and director of the Daniel Academy, you know, mm-hmm. schools and Obviously, knows a lot about children and knows how to deal with them. So, definitely a great topic. Good morning, good morning, Mary Ann, all the way from Cape Town. Good morning. Nice to be with you again. Great. So let's let's get into it, and maybe let's just ask the first question, um, which I think is a fundamental one because I think in all our minds we've categorized it as such: is ADD, ADHD, um, autism, is it a disease? No, neither of them are diseases. In fact, they're more, we'd have to class them as a condition. Um, and, and uh, sadly, a lot of people think that it's a disease and it's for life. People will get told it's genetic. <clears throat> and our genetic predisposition is, I mean, we have genes that predispose us towards certain diseases and certain conditions, for example. Like allergies are not a disease, it's a condition. Um, and if there are allergies in your family, then you're more likely to have them. But what we do know, and which is very exciting, is Dr. William Lee. He is a well-known doctor in the States who has done several studies <clears throat> and looked at a lot of studies himself. Sorry, excuse me, clearing my throat. Um, and then Dr. Colin Campbell, who headed the China study. Uh, he's done a lot of studies over the years. He's in his 80s. He's been involved in over 400 studies published in medical journals, medical and nutritional journals. 
And what we do know is research is actually showing us that even if we have the genes that are, have a certain condition or a predisposition to it, condition or disease like in my family for example there were a lot of allergies and hay fever there's also a lot of attention deficit disorder which was never labeled i mean nobody labeled it when i was growing up but now it has a label <clears throat> and my you know reports would just say i talk too much i walk around the classroom i daydream i stare out the window and and sometimes i would do stupid things like just blurt out words or do in fact if, if i think of it they'd probably say i was kind of on the spectrum and att <laughs> because today <laughs> And my father as well, so on my father's side of the family. But but what we know from the studies is that you can actually change your genetic expression. In other words, your your disease genes don't have to express themselves in the way that is genetic. You can intervene with that genetic, interrupted, intervene with with nutritional intervention. So by changing your diet, you can actually stop your disease genes from expressing themselves in those conditions and those diseases. And that's incredibly powerful because what it does do, it puts our health firmly back in our own hands because we, we tend to think, oh, well, it's genetic. That's, you know, let me go and have my breasts removed in case I get breast cancer. But we know that with nutritional intervention, the, 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 the genetic predisposition towards breast cancer can be interrupted and, and it won't express itself in that. And there's a lot of studies to show that. And it's been published and it's, you know, they're discussing it, they're talking about it, but it's not really getting out to people that your health is in your own hands. We still tend to think somebody else is going to fix me. Like somebody else is going to come, you know, girls very often in communities grow up thinking Prince Charming's going to come along on his white horse and rescue me. And then if I go to the doctor, he'll wave his wand, his stethoscope around me and I'll, I'll get well. You know, we all grow up with a playing doctor, doctor, and I'm the doctor, I'm going to fix you. And, and it's a terrible burden to put onto doctors. I'm not surprised that there, there's a lot of stress involved in a job like that because, or, you know, a, a calling like that is because there's this, this perception that the doctor's going to fix me. And then when I'm not fixed, well, then I get angry with the doctor and I go find another doctor and I try something else. But mm. we have to, we have to acknowledge that, that our health is definitely in our own hands. We have to make changes. And with that very, very powerful uh, knowledge that we can actually interrupt those disease genes from from expressing themselves in the form of disease, and that's firmly with with lifestyle and dietary changes. So we have seen, I mean, I've dealt over the years with countless, countless people. Just recently got an email from a woman saying, been on your 100 days to health, we've slowly been adjusting our diet, we're going more whole food, we're going more plant-based, we've taken out the refined sugar, and she says, the change in my son alone has phenomenal in the space of like a month. She says of removing refined and processed carbohydrates from his diet. His reading level, he was struggling with reading, but his yeah. reading level in, in a month, literally in a month has gone up three, three levels. She said the teachers at the school have said they've never, ever seen something like this in a child. They've never seen a kid. You know, if kids' this reading level go up a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more through a lot of hard work and effort. Well, this kid was just starting to read, and I've seen it in my own grandson 
when he was younger, I mean, he grew up in a totally sort of natural diet, but when he started going to a little, you know, Montessori school and we put him there because there wasn't a tuck shop, there wasn't access to sweets and stuff, so it wouldn't be hard for him to stay healthy. And we couldn't understand why the teacher was saying, look, he seems to have classic expression of dyslexia, attention deficit. We were like, what? You know, we we were homeschooling this kid. He was reading before he even went there. And they know he can't read and he can't do numbers. And we're like, his maths ability is, is really good. What's wrong? So, you know, come the school holidays, I would work with him. And the first week it would be pretty tough. And I'm like, what's wrong with this kid? And then suddenly he'd start reading and he'd be able to do his numbers. And and then I I noticed that if he went to like a birthday party and ate something that had refined sugar on it, he would struggle again and his behavior would be, he would, he would go through a process of being, and this was what they were saying at school, that he's, he's very aggressive some days and then other days he's very emotional and he cries and nobody wants to be my friend kind of thing. And then some days he's just all over the place and he's suffering from attention deficit disorder. And I was like, this doesn't sound like, but I did notice that if he'd gone to a party that that would happen and I measured it. I could actually see that it would take a whole five days for him to recover. And this is why people, you know, they're like, oh, I took sugar out and didn't do anything because they did it for two days and nothing changed. But there's a cycle that takes place in the body. So if there's certain things that upset the body in a certain way or the brain and central nervous system, it can take anything from five to 30 days, I've seen, uh, averaging five to 21 days. But we, I just say five to 30 days because sometimes it can take that long depending on what the offending substance is. Like gluten, for example, can interfere with the way it can cause a lot of it, it can affect some people that affects their thyroid gland and, and, and affects mental clarity. So they have this total brain fog and they just switched off in class and they like can be daydreaming and staring out the window and not hearing anybody and they're internalizing and they don't talk to anybody. Oh, well, now they're on the spectrum. So, so there's certain things. Can you have to, actually, yes. And can we just stop for a little bit of a break? Um, okay. You're discussing ADD and ADHD um, and autism. If you have a question or you have a comment for Mary Ann, you can SMS us on 34519 or 0618951019 is our telegram number. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We're talking ADD, ADHD, and autism. And um, as we were speaking just before the break, um, it seems from from your perspective, Mary Ann, that this is just a condition that can that can be reversed. Can we can we talk about the main causes? I'm sure there's there's a few. You know, it, it's it's kind of a fascinating thing because everybody has their own kind of perspective on on what causes these conditions, but. If we look at what we can do, the fact that we can change our diet and then no longer these conditions don't express themselves anymore, I would put it firmly at the at the door of of diet and lifestyle. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, you, you listen to people like Dr. Gabor Mate, for example, yeah, who talks about um, children that have been you know, suffered trauma when they were growing up, and very often that some kids can tune out and he maintains that a child tuning out is more likely to develop ADD for example but the very fact that you can change that by changing the diet means <clears throat> the diet's definitely a factor there um you know very often at a kid that's suffering from trauma it, you know there's trauma in the in the family 
uh, there's emotional stuff going on, but very often when there's that going on, there's very little attention paid to the kids' diets anyway. So, you know, I know that growing up, my father was an alcoholic, so there was trauma in our house, and I did tune out. It's something I can do so easily. I can tune out. My Even my kids will talk to me, and I, I won't hear what they're saying. So it's a habit that I've got into over the years. So definitely I was was ADD, but I was also a sugar junkie. So I found consolation and and comfort in eating things that had sugar in them. It was my my little addiction that I had. As even as a kid, I would eat sugar straight out of the sugar bowl. So you know, I wonder whether the fact is, you know, it's so complex because at the end of the day, if you're not getting comfort from your family environment and you're seeking comfort somewhere else. And that something else is interfering with the brain, way the brain functions. Then it's the very fact that we've gone and found something. And adults do it; they find comfort in alcohol, for example. And it's a known fact that alcoholics are ADD, and many of them are on, on the spectrum and stuff like that. So it's a what came first, the chicken or the egg? What we do know is by changing our lifestyle and diet, by changing what we eat and how we eat, and also exercising, you find that the brain can be very, very focused. You can be very, very present. <clears throat> and one of the people that I work with, a, a lady, and she lives in Chicago, and she's happy for me to mention her name, Jane Casey. She had uh, her twin boys were all diagnosed with autism around about the age of two, and they were completely nonverbal, couldn't speak. Uh, the one made grunting noises, the other one made no noises as well. There was no eye contact. They used to do rocking things and banging their heads against things and stuff like that. And she did everything that she possibly could to help them. She um, employed people to work with them and with their fine and gross motor control and to <clears throat> helping them get focused. She had, she said it cost her an arm and a leg. And she said only when she changed, she finally changed their diet at the age of about eight, ten years old. Only when she started doing things like removing refined sugar, removing gluten, increasing the amount of fruit and veggies. She said it was like two weeks and they started speaking. She said it was just the oh. most bizarre thing. She wished she'd done this first. She said if she had to put on, she's written an amazing book um, that you can get. I'll try and think of it. Jane Casey, it's C-A-S-E-Y. If you, her story is amazing. But she, she went through all the stuff and she was making bone broths and she was giving them, you know, probiotics and she was just doing, she was doing a lot of stuff right. <clears throat> and then when she removed sugar and gluten, and started feeding them only whole food, plant-based stuff. And she said very often with autistic kids, using them and taking a syringe, obviously without the needle on, and syringing juices down her kids' throats. That's how... Uh, I was actually going to mention that, Marianne, because I feel like so many people, you know, it's, it's a struggle trying to get a child to eat vegetables and fruits. Sometimes it's like they're completely stubborn and will like refuse. So I guess... Doing yeah. something like that. I mean, I remember once going to the cardiologist and he mentioned to me, literally just make juices and give your child a little shot and just make them have that little shot of green juice. Eventually yeah. they'll actually want it because their body's craving it and they'll start enjoying it. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's hiding it. You know, if you're making, you know, a, a, a bolognese type of sauce, you just use half the amount of meat, loads of grated carrots, finely chopped celery and the, an absolute massive tomato puree that's not had added sugar to it, uh, sugar added to it. And then you hiding the vegetables as well. You know, you can make cakes, but put carrots in it and make yeah. banana breads with dates in it. So there are a lot of things we can make and hide it in there. And they're little tips like get your kids to eat a fruit or a vegetable 
at least five pieces, like the size of a finger. So, for example, at our school, we at break time, we give them a choice of three fruits and fresh fruits and, and two dried fruits and some nuts and seeds. And so if they don't like bananas, they, I know as a kid, I hated bananas. I didn't like the texture. I still don't like the texture. I'll eat a dried banana, but don't give me a fresh one. So, so you know, it's it's like the way we give it. We've got to give them options. So it's not like you will eat this tomato. I had a brother that just refused to eat tomatoes. He still doesn't. And he's in his 50s. He's the baby in our family, won't eat tomatoes, but he loves tomato sauce. He said the seeds in the tomatoes freaked him out. And for that same reason, he wouldn't eat guavas. Once a guava seed got stuck in his mouth, and he's got this fear that these things are going to get stuck in his teeth, or his teeth at least. Anyway, so so you give them a choice. We give them like carrots, cucumbers, and tomato slices, and they need five of each. And some kids take some of everything, and some just take five pieces of cucumber, and some just take five carrots. So you give them into the habit of eating some fruit. A little shot of green juice, brilliant idea. And if the green is too scary for them, you know, you can do a carrot and apple and you can put a little bit of green in there somewhere. You can hide it. You can finely chop spinach that they don't see and hide it in casseroles and soup. So it's just, you can just put it in a blender. So and for my son, we make him a smoothie and, and I throw in flax seeds, I throw in hemp seeds, I throw in all the things that he thinks are not in there. In fact, I, I called, I, I, uh, I asked my helper to make me a smoothie and I said, please put everything inside there. And he says in the car, he says, Ma, please don't put that stuff in mine. <laughs> I'm like, little do you know, you have that every single time. Are you saying yeah. that the primary cause for ADD, ADHD is the sugar? Or I'd put, there are other things. The top of it, I'd put refined sugar in any, yeah. any form, whether it's in, you know, ice creams, chocolates, it's, and, and high fructose corn syrup, for example, as well, also upset the blood sugar. And the main reason for that is it makes your blood sugar shoot up. Your body overproduces insulin because it goes into a shock and it's got to save you. We're going to go into a diabetic coma. Your body's very smart. It repairs itself, but it's got a sugar in it that's not been designed by our maker. I mean, if we oh. ate the sugar designed by our maker, it's fresh fruit. That's really good. It doesn't affect, it doesn't cause, it doesn't contribute to any of those conditions. It actually helps because it comes in with fiber and water-soluble fiber feeds your friendly bacteria, which is a very important part. I'll get onto that in a little while. And so your blood sugar shoots up, you overproduce insulin and comes down too low. You can get what's called reactive hyperglycemia where the blood sugar goes down too low. Part of the brain, and that's why it only happens in some kids as well, part of the brain that controls your moral behavior, planning and forth with the frontal lobe actually shuts down when your blood sugar drops too low. And the part that takes over is the primitive part of the brain that controls things like sexual function, appetite, and aggression. So you can't, you know, you can't focus very well in that. You're in a, a, a sort of survival state and you can get very aggressive. You can get very emotional. You can get very hungry and you just want to eat and eat and eat. And so you develop these addictions to foods as well. So it's not a good place to put the brain. Now, not everybody suffers from ADD or is on the spectrum or any of these conditions. Again, whether it's some kind of emotional trauma that's made us more potentially uh, vulnerable or whether it's our genetic predisposition. But, you know, my, my father was was um, a, definitely ADD, but my grandfather wasn't. But then my father grew up in a family that was very Victorian. You didn't express yourself. You didn't talk about things. It wasn't good to show emotions as a man. There were all those kinds of things that, that they grew up with. So it's a combination. But what, So what we do is 
Refined sugar, definitely out. Fresh fruit is definitely in. Dried fruit, you can eat it. It what, stabilizes what, your blood sugar. What would you say to a mother? Because definitely, I think it starts in the morning, right? The kid wakes up. It starts in the, the morning. The thing is you throw a cereal and milk, milk to them. What would be the ideal breakfast to start a kid who has a propensity of ADD or ADHD? What, what would you put in front of their, their plate in the morning? They kids that are ADD love sugar usually. It's the number one thing that they love. When I've dealt with people that are ADD and then progresses very often into bipolar and adults, the number one craving is sugar, and in adults it could be alcohol, for example. So you need ADD kids' brains work a lot faster than most other people. It's a very fast brain, so they're using up a lot more glucose. So you want to give them a lot of fresh fruit. And so the best thing you could do is give them a big fruit platter. You can give them a papaya, pawpaw, scooped out, put banana slice, chopped dates there if you want to but honestly the easiest thing to do is a smoothie and the smoothie huh. that we make is a handful of i like sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds they've got really great nutrition in them but some people would be almonds or cashew nuts whichever nuts or seeds you'd like in your kids and you know if they have nut allergies very often they're fine with seeds so you you a handful their handful so it's like a quarter cup Per person into a blender and then I'll put things like frozen berries, especially as I say, kids tend to love sweet stuff when they're ADD. So you'll give them the right kind of sweet stuff. So I'll put berries in there, strawberries. They help to stabilize blood sugar, blueberries, any berries you've got. I'll put um, fresh pineapple or frozen pineapple. If you put frozen in, it's always really delicious, except in winter, some kids don't want it, but some kids still do. So I'll put some frozen fruit like pineapples or fresh pineapples um, and some berries um, whatever's going, mangoes, persimmons, whatever, but it's the base of it is usually berries and pineapples with nuts and seeds. And then I'll, you can put either water. Some people don't like it sweet enough or freshly extracted apple juice, which a lot of kids love. And I'll do half apple juice, half water. Mm-hmm. And if you're honestly stuck and you're like, I'm in such a rush, you can actually use a hundred percent pure fruit juice, like a pure apple juice or a pure strawberry juice. And there are lots of brands out there that don't have preservatives or additives or added sugar in them. So you can use those. Again, I dilute them with water. And you give them a smoothie because a lot of ADD kids, they're not hungry in the morning. They they get out of bed. They they uh, Kids that have these problems usually can't wake up in the morning. And they're the hardest kids to get out of their beds. They drag their heels. They can't wake up. And they can't find their shoes. Mm-hmm. And they don't know where their case is. And they can't know. No, they don't remember what they've done. And they're the most irritating kids to deal with because you're trying to get them moving. And they're not getting going. Once they get moving, they'll move. So you just literally can put a smoothie in a bottle or in a in a sippy cup of some kind and put it in their hand and while they're on their way to school they can they can drink it. I remember I had it. I'm I'm, I'm I'm flabbergasted though. I would have thought you would have said give them a protein, give them a fat, and give them a carbohydrate to stabilize the. That's what you're getting in a smoothie. You're getting proteins. You're getting more protein. You're getting all the amino acids. You're getting all the nutrients. You're getting all your protein. You're getting between 25, between 20 and 30% protein in pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds, for example. And you're getting it in a raw form, not in a cooked form. So if you go and cook protein for breakfast, like an egg, for example, it coagulates. And you, if you're lucky, if you can use 10 to 30% maximum of that protein. So, and it takes a lot of energy to digest cooked protein. So raw protein is the best thing. Your nuts and seeds contain complete protein in a raw state. And then you can add a bit of pea protein to that if you want to, if you feel like you need. That's like 90% protein as well that you can add. And then, of course, you're getting the natural fats that are in the nuts and seeds. You could put a little dollop of flax oil in there. 
extra virgin cold press, ideally nitrogen flushed flaxseed, for example. You could pop it in there. That'll give them the omega threes and nice place to hide it. And the then pumpkin seeds the has the zinc as well in it. It's very high in zinc and things like copper. Very, very important. Your trace elements, your vitamins, your minerals. It's literally like a multivitamin, multi-mineral protein. It's got the right form of carbohydrates that stabilize your blood sugar and don't push it up. So that fruit sugar is one of the best sugars for brain function. So you're getting all your carbs, all your fats, all your proteins that you need in one foul swoop and it tastes delicious and they can just sip it on the way to school because trying to get most kids to sit down and eat in the morning is another story altogether. And that stabilizes their blood sugar and often they'll come home not even having eaten their snack at school. So if I was to give a kid, and this is what I did with our kids to give them a snack at school, we would avoid gluten because gluten is one of the things we know that causes inflammation in the gut and it affects the thyroid gland, affecting mental clarity. So we find that you're more likely to tune out with gluten in the diet, so a gluten-free diet. So then it's things like rice cakes or some gluten-free bread. Um, but again, I would give them, I would say, I would say to my kids, I'd give them, say, dried pineapples, some dried mangoes or some raisins or some dates. Sometimes they like the raisins and the sunflower seeds mixed together. And I'd say, have your fruit and your nuts and seeds at first break. And then at second break, have your, your sandwich or whatever it was. So either whole grain, if you're not gluten-free, but honestly, with any of these conditions, I would put them on a gluten-free diet because gluten can cause a lot of problems in the gut. And a lot of the problems we have with the gut, when the bacteria, your friendly bacteria, and there many of them, and we can rattle off all the names and impress you, the issue is to get them balanced because those bacteria... I wish I knew this when I was little in school. I know that gluten mm-hmm. has a huge effect on concentration. Can we discuss what happens in school? What happens when your child comes home and says, Ma, I hate my lunch. I hate my snack. All my friends are getting chocolate. Uh, they're getting white bread with margarine and chocolate spread on it, and I'm the only one that doesn't get anything. And I've also had discussions with moms that um, really have an issue with schools that have tuck shops that have everything sugar in it and have had struggles with discussing um, it with the principals and trying to get them to have healthier options for the children. I mean, they want their children to be able to concentrate and do well in school, but they're offering the craziest <laughs> foods at their own tuck shops. So it's very nice and all when you have a school like yours that, you know, offers the healthy food and knows what happens to a child's brain when they eat the bad foods. But we're talking about regular schools that that the kids come to school with all their chocolates and all their, their unhealthy snacks and the tuck shops that have all the unhealthy foods in them. I feel like there needs to be some type of a movement and an understanding with the principals and the mothers and the parents, you know, that, that kind of pushes for the healthier options. It's the main reason I started the school at Daniel Academy because people wanted a safe, healthy place for their kids to come. But at the end of the day, it is a battle. And I know I battled it with, well, you always seen as a bit of a nutter, the crazy person, the health nut, the everything else. You've actually got to confront the, the headmaster and the governing body with science. You can't go with an emotional approach. You've got to take the science. You've got to take the studies. You've got to say, look, this study shows this. This study shows this. This study shows that. And there are many studies out there. And you need me to point you in the direction. I'm happy to do it. I've just updated my book, uh, Healthy Kids. It's at the printers right now. I wrote it first 21 years ago when my grandson was born, funnily enough. And my great-granddaughter was just born this year. And, oh, congratulations. Uh, and so I'm updating it for the third time. So, so, and it, and it's just so important. So there are references to studies in that book, for example. You can use it. You can take chapters out. You can ask me to send them to the school. I'll go and speak at schools. You can go and speak, but 
we've got to do it in a very unemotional way, very scientifically say, look, how many kids in the school suffer from attention deficit? Probably 50% of the kids in most classes. And the problem with attention deficit kids, and they're varying degrees of it. And you'll have some days you'll have a kid just play, being playing up and nobody will know why. And then they're okay a week later. And probably because they went to granny and she just smothered in them in chocolates and whatever, you know, or they did it with a big party and, and whatever it was. But, you know, there are also emotional issues. It's bad enough that kids are having to deal with growing up and there is trauma in families. Just parents, normal, happy parents can have an argument in front of their kid and it can traumatize a the child. They think, oh, my word, I'm, I'm not going to have parents anymore. They're going to hate each other. You yeah. know, just kids think about stuff and they process it so differently than to adults. So, you know, you, you, why throw something into the works that's going to make it worse and harder for these kids to actually handle life? You're making it really tough by giving them sugar and caffeine, chocolates and junk like this. At the end of the day, as a parent, one of my most powerful tools with my kids was like, why are we getting raisins and cashew nuts when everybody else is getting this stuff? And I'd say, sweetheart, I love you too much to poison you. And, and it was <laughs> so I funny. I, I told them this that. over and over. My daughter came home one day from school. She said, Mom, there's a little girl in my class. It was a new class at the beginning of the year. She said, her mother doesn't love her. And I thought, oh, she's going to tell me a terrible story of abuse. And I said, why? And she said, Mom, you should see the junk she puts in her lunchbox. And she's, I mean, this is a kid talking. And she's so fat. And everybody's laughing at her. And it's cruel because her mom is making her fat. And now she's being teased by everybody. That was her six-year-old head reasoning this and understanding this. So the one is to tell our kids we love them because we do. It's out of love and concern for our children that we feed them healthy, number one. Number two, it's a movement that needs to be started and we need to get the information out there. Literally, if we form a coalition and we literally get together as moms and grandparents and great-grandmoms around the world and we take the information what I need to do is form a package that's just got enough bullet points on there for the headmaster yes, and the governing body to please. actually pay attention and say, right, send this to every single one of the headmasters, the governing bodies, and every single school saying something's got to be done. You know the excuses? Oh, we're making money from the tuck here. shop. Can we just stop over here? We <clears> do have to go to an, to, to an ad break. We're talking ADD, ADHD. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You uh, program, and this is, of course... 101.9 This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Faggy Stern. A reminder to all our listeners that Faggy and I run a WhatsApp group where we just drop a healthy thought, I think, every single day um, for you to actually recognize what you can do in your life to live healthier. If you'd like to join the WhatsApp group, it's not spammed. It's only run by admins. You can even silence it during the day and read it at your convenience. You can send an email to info at chaifm.com. Give us your name. Give us your number, of course. And, of course, you've got to have WhatsApp. <laughs> We've had some people <laughs> that have given us their things and they don't have WhatsApp. <laughs> um, and we will gladly join you. We have just probably another five, ten minutes, Mary Ann. Can we segue into um, the discussion around supplementation and medication? for ADD and ADHD and even right. autism. Look, I know that some people have found that medication has helped. The problem with all medication, and we all know this, every single type of medicine you take has side effects. And some of those five side effects can have long-term effects. So it's very important to be very aware of them. 
So if you choose to go the medicinal route, I do recommend that you read every potential side effect so you know what could happen down the road. We know, for example, that kids taking uh, medication for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder <clears throat> are more likely to develop um, drug addictions and alcohol problems later on because one of the things that the, the medication does is it actually makes you tune out on an emotional level. And I know we've dealt with children who've come to our school that have been on medicine for ADD. And we, we don't take kids that are on medication. We say to the parents, this is the program, the protocol to follow, and we will help them because mm -hmm. a child who's tuned out emotionally doesn't connect with people in the classroom and they start suffering. They feel alone all the time and that can cause a lot of depression. And then you get depression on top of anxiety, isn't anxiety? Yeah, and anxiety and all kinds of things. So, <clears throat> So there are side effects. And, and so I would say the first line when you're looking at any of these conditions is to change their diet, remove refined sugar, remove caffeine, remove gluten, add in lots of fresh fruits, lots of veggies, lots of natural things, the no preservatives, no additives, no colorant. Okay. Then things that you need to be taking that'll help you is an essential fatty acid supplement. I do find that, um, your flax oil blends like I've, <clears throat> I've, I've found that the one we use is got a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of sesame, sunflower oil, and um, mainly flax oil. And it's cold-pressed, and it's nitrogen-flushed, so it can't oxidize. We've seen phenomenal results in two weeks with kids on that and a very good probiotic. The one that I found works the best is one called Chlorofood. It's got the, seems to have the best balance, particularly for kids. And the reason for that is you've got to get the friendly bacteria in. You've got to make sure they're getting the essential fatty acids. The omega-3s are essential for brain function don't like the use of fish oil because it's highly processed, it's heated, it can cause inflammation in the arteries, inflammation anywhere in the body. Once you heat cholesterol from fish oil, any cholesterol that's heated can cause inflammation, studies have shown. So uh, it's not a good idea to be using fish oil or, or anything that's been heated in the processing. So a flax supplement, I would take that, uh, probiotic, um, and then um, – you also find, and the re let me just explain the reason the gut needs to have the friendly bacteria in balance because there are a lot of neural cells. There are more neural or nerve cells in the gut when the bacteria is balanced than there are in the brain, apparently. And the, mm -hmm. the gut and the brain co communicate with each other all the time. And when those cells on the, the bac bacteria are out of balance and those neural cells are not in balance, they're not there. There's no communication. So you find that this is often the problem is the gut is out of balance. And once you balance the gut, these kids start speaking. Uh, one kid, as I say, started speaking fluently within two weeks of getting his being on a probiotic, being gluten free um, and being on a sugar free diet, speaking fluently at the age of seven. He All he ever said was mom, dad, yes, no, no eye contact. Two weeks, eye contact, speaking fluently. And the parents were like, it's a miracle. Yes, it is. The human body is a miracle when you create the right environment for the healing to take place. Uh, give your kids copious amounts of fruit. Let it be around in bowls. And they only have one rule. If you start it, finish it. Or if you don't want to, put it into a sealed container into the refrigerator for you to eat later on. <clears throat> they can't, you know. And then and then put boundaries in place. Very often when a kid has attention deficit or the autism, the parents feel so sorry for them, they let them do anything they want to. And yeah. there's no clear boundaries. And kids with no boundaries are very insecure children. It's like putting a child in a darkened room and they don't know where the walls are. So you put them in, you switch the lights off, you switch them on, they have no idea they can actually lose it mentally. Whereas a child you put in a room with the lights on, they can see where the boundaries are. And you say, I'm switching this light off for five minutes, I'm coming back to fetch you. That child is calm and focused 
And so a child with boundaries is a lot more calm, a lot more focused, is a lot easier to work with in an environment, and they'll work with you as well. You explain to them what's happened to the brain, that you didn't know this, and you want to work with them, and because you love them, you want to feed them healthy foods. And in fact, what happened is I used to pack such nice lunches, strawberries and cashew nuts. My kids would come home and say, their friends all want to eat their lunch. Please, can they have extra cashew nuts and extra strawberries? Because their friends are saying, how come they get so much nice lunches and all they're getting is sandwiches? And by the way, you can make yourself, your kids a really nice chocolate spread, like a sort of hazelnut and cocoa. Hazelnuts, don't use cocoa. It's got caffeine in it. Caffeine is... A stimulant, you don't want to put that into an attention deficit. Carob. And you sweeten it with fructose or raw honey. And the fructose is stable on the blood sugar. Put a bit of vanilla in there, blend it all, and you can make your own. We make it, and it's delicious. But there are a lot of alternatives. You can use carob that's got fructose in as treats and sweets. You can cut the bars up, and you can give them. You can make your own. You can buy carob chunks or carob bars, melt them down, make your own stuff. Yes, it requires effort, but isn't the effort worth it if you love your child? And if you are very busy and you're the breadwinner and you're running around, then, you know, you can always find, like, we make stuff like that. There are people that make stuff that you can actually order it online and get it in their lunch boxes. But also get the kids to pack their own lunch boxes. That's how I stopped them bringing. I said, these are all the things you can pack in your lunch box. They were always in the pantry or in the drawers. <clears throat> you pack your own lunch box. When they pack their own lunch box, they put in the fruit they like. They put in the dried fruit they like. They put in the bars they like. But it was all healthy, good stuff. And when that lunch box came home, everything was finished. So don't, you don't have to be packing everything. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Marianne, to conclude, are there any support groups that, that, that you know or websites that, that, that people who would like to like educate themselves more on how they can manage this disease, both for children and adults? Um, the only website I know of is my own. I don't know of any okay. support groups. Go ahead. Tell us your website. There are plenty of people that have benefited. Go ahead. I run support groups on Zoom on a weekly basis, and people can get onto them if they get onto one of the programs. The one program that I recommend for parents and families is 100 Days to Health. And the 100 Days to Health is how you add good things to your existing diet as opposed to taking everything out. And it's a great, gentle way to start adding good stuff. That way kids and families don't feel deprived. You're not just taking – you like, we'll replace – sugar in the sugar bowl with fructose because it looks and tastes the same, but it's actually sweeter and it doesn't upset the blood sugar. So there are all those tips and you te- I teach you to learn to listen to your body and you get to ask questions and meet other people and you join WhatsApp groups. So that you could go to wholeworldwell.com and you can sign up to the 100 Days to Health. That's the program. And for 100 days, you get weekly Zoom support. And then, of course, if you want lifetime support, there's a program called 365, which is it's an email program. Both of them are emailed. You get a daily email from me every single day with recipes on the 100 Days to Health. You get over 100 recipes in a separate recipe book, but also get you also get a recipe sent every day because then you're reminded, oh, gosh, let me go and make this hazelnut spread or let me make some healthy ice cream, whatever it is. There's some really great dips and amazing stuff that you make, and they're quick and they're easy. I'm not a gourmet chef. I'm I'm a shortcut, a short, short, the shortcut Chef. I like, I'm not a chef, cook. 
I look for the shortcuts. What's the shortest, cheapest, healthiest way to make something? Those are the recipes that are there. I call myself that too, except I call myself the Choya. The Choya. And you just Choya together. Yeah, after your smoothie that you were describing this morning, Adel, we know that you're a Choya. I was going to say, is that a Yiddish term? But it's Afrikaans Choya. You saw many Choya. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marianne, as always, for for all your, your wisdom. Um, and, and, and it is, I, I think it's, it's good even for, for those of us that have embraced this type of lifestyle to re- be reminded all the time that our bodies yeah. are intelligent and our bodies do want to have full health. And we are just, we are just creating a disservice by. I think by, we need to bring Marianne here to speak to all the schools. Yes, we're going, we're maybe going to get you yeah. up and you can we need to do a road show to the schools. They've, yes. they've got to do something. It's quite bizarre. They complain about the children's behavior, but they give them the very things that make but, them. But you know what? Them. But, but charity begins at home and really parents have got yes. a tremendous amount to say in it. And that's the Absolutely. thought that we want to leave today is that Absolutely. your health is in your hands. And it's, it's not that hard. Thank you very much again. Thank you so much. And this is the Healthy You Wealthy Show and it's 101.9 High FM.